Welcome to the Kickpod, your weekly DM on the stuff that matters. Hello there. Hello, and welcome to this very special bonus episode. This is probably the most exciting episode of the Kickpod for me for my life because it is about our new running program and all information on running, not just about the running program. (laughs) Yes, no, we said we were going on a bit of a break and we just thought we'd throw out this bonus episode for you guys because, as Laura said, we are extremely excited for Kick's latest launch, which is the Kick Run program. I am personally super excited about it because it's really come at the best time for me. (laughs) I'm just getting back into my running, so... All of this, this whole program, I'm going to follow it to a T with all of you from start to finish, and I am so excited to get into it. But today's bonus episode is to talk with Hannah, who has come on board the Kick Squad um, and has written this Kick Run program for you guys. So we're so excited to have her on today. Highly recommend listening to it. I mean, even for me, I've been running for years and years and years, tens of years. Is that a saying? <laughs> tens of years? Tens and. What do you even say? I mean, you would usually say decades. tens of thousands, but you haven't been alive for tens of thousands. <laughs> decades. So. I've been running for decades. No, I have been running for quite a long time and I learned stuff in this conversation. So mm. we hope you enjoy it. And wanted to tell you a little bit about the run program before mm. we get into it. So we have had a kick run program or a run program on kick for quite a while. But one thing that we always dreamt of bringing to life was making it more personal for you and mm. more motivational. And so what we have got is guided audio cues through your mm. running. You can, when you start, so if you start, depending on how fit you are, if you're just starting running, you'll start at week one, or if you can run 3k, you might start a little bit later in the program but if you start on week one there you can select your program the the week and then it will play the exact run for you it's all prepared for you and you can have your music on at the same time mm. it tells you or when i say it, it's actually me. Yeah, i was gonna say it, it <laughs> is you so it is me. audio cues the audio cues are, are me awesome. they're all me I'm, to- <laughs> I'm talking to you i'm in your ear i'm talking about like how i stay motivated when i'm running We've got a bit of time in the warm-up together to really, really get in the headspace. And then I come into your ears and tell you when to stop running, start walking. And what's really great about the program, it's not, it doesn't just tell you to go for a run for 2K because it, that's obviously, we don't want to do that straight away. We need to build up gradually. And so this program is honestly a dream come true to have on in the Kick app and it can help you run from never running before or just starting out or getting back into running to running five kilometers in eight weeks. It is so awesome. We cannot wait for you to be able to try it. It's coming out next Monday, the 11th of October. It will be in the Kick app. If you're not a member, you can take up a free trial at www.keepitcleaner.com. And we wanted to make sure this episode came out a little bit before the program launched. So if you're thinking about trying it, you can get organized because I feel like we need to get in a mental space to start a run program to be, you know, committed to it. And yeah, we're so excited. So that's enough of me talking. Without further ado. There's enough of me talking in the run program. Today we have got Hannah Drysdale on. So Hannah is an expert physio from Upwell Health Collective and she has worked with us to create Kick Run. So it is a physio approved process process and program (laughs) Uh, we wanted to make sure that it was something that you can build up safely and we talk through that with Hannah so we hope you enjoy this Hannah welcome to the kick pod we are so excited to chat to you we are so excited about the running program and we wanted to start off by asking you to tell us a little bit about you what your background is and why you are so passionate about running Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, So I've always been a runner myself. I started running like in primary school, doing cross cross country. And um, from there, I don't know, I just really, really loved it. Love the way it makes you feel, the way it clears your mind, the way it gets you outside and gets you like seeing different places and, and scenery and that kind of thing. Um, and so I started running a lot with my dad and we did like a few half marathons together and that kind of thing. And I guess through being a physio and not having like too much sporting interest, which is normally 
like the way physios go, um, I started to sort of see running as the way I could um, really give more value to my clients and, and sort of find a bit more of a niche area. Um, and then on the flip side of that, myself having like experienced all the niggles and, you know, <laughs> overload injuries and like, I don't know, just learning the hard way, I guess, where so many runners go wrong and how preventable a lot of those things are. Um, so yeah, that's sort of where my real passion, I guess, for running and, and working with runners has come from. Yeah, that's awesome. And we, as Laura said, are so pumped to have you on board um, and to be launching the Kick Run program. It is so exciting and we just really feel like the community are going to love it. But what, tell us a little bit about the Kick program. How does it work and who is it designed for? Uh, The Kick Run program is a zero to 5k um, program. So Mm -hmm. it's for anyone who's just starting running for the first time or it's a really good option for anyone who's had a bit of a break from running so like me <laughs> yeah exactly like honestly if you're coming back from injury or having a baby or in anything that's sort of stopped you from running consistently it's so important to build up gradually mm-hmm. so a lot of people think um, when they start running that they should maybe start with 3Ks or 5Ks and, and just go out there and run. Um, but you've really got to work sort of slowly to let your body have that time to adapt so that you don't put yourself at risk of injury. Um, so we've designed this program as in like intervals between running and walking. So you get that um, chance to yeah build that strength and Just let your body get used to how repetitive and how high load running actually is. Um, So, yeah, basically for any beginners or people who've had a break and they want to return to running safely. It's fantastic. And I think as well, it's just when we were recording the audio for it, the the motivation Mm. in not just saying go for a run for five kilometers because you know as you said if you haven't done that you know for a while or before it's so demotivating and it's so easy to just be like after two minutes that's it I've I've had enough but I think the best thing and I love about all the sessions is they keep it so interesting because there's you never really know that the breaks are always different and um it just yeah I feel like one thing that people always say with running is that they find it boring Mm -hmm. and it's too hard Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. too overwhelming Mm -hmm. but you've taken all of those barriers away so yeah it's so exciting we just can't wait and with that in mind and when you mentioned before that running is quite a high impact exercise mm. how important now I am a culprit of this I often <laughs> yeah. don't warm up before a run and it's very bad <laughs> and I need to start doing it more but how important is warming up and cooling down before and after a run do we need to stretch before and after every run what it's do we do? so important and you are so not alone there. <laughs> this is this is like the thing about runners is they just want to run. They don't yeah. want to stretch. They don't want to do anything else. <laughs> they don't want to do their exercises um, and I'm, I'm the same. But the warm-up can literally be like two to five minutes um, and same with the cool down. So when you're warming up, you want to think of like getting your body ready for action. So you want to like get the blood pumping, get the muscles going. It's more about, yeah, getting your body moving as opposed to doing any static stretching. So with your warm up, um, it's good to yeah move in and out of the stretch a bit so if you find that you're always getting tight in your calves or your hip flexors or your lower back whatever your sort of problem area is if you like try and work into that so good examples are like standing with your legs quite wide and like touching one ankle to the other that kind of thing or doing little bunny hops where you just sort of jump up and down on the spot and and get the calves going um high knees heel to bum those kind of things so that doesn't have to take you long and then after your run you really want to cool down so the cool down is more like the recovery and that's where you can more introduce your static type stretches so where you might you know do like your standing quad stretch or your standing calf stretch um the jury's out a little bit on how long you need to hold a stretch for so Mm -hmm. I generally say between 30 and 60 seconds, but then you might also find that like to really loosen your lower back or something, you want to hold that stretch for like two minutes and Mm. that's fine as well. Do it by feel. Um, But yeah, it's, it's sort of got to be done and make it fun. Like I know we've, you know, recorded some 
perhaps workout uh, warm-up sorry that you can follow along so yeah if you can follow along something and, and just copy what someone else is doing then yeah you've you've got no reason not to <laughs> yeah I'm I'm a bit of a culprit as well but I do find if I'm watching something or following it along there's there's no mm. better way to <laughs> actually be motivated yeah. to follow something through um when it comes to running I mean for me I would consider myself not really a natural runner I know I can run I've proved that to myself but it's not my favorite exercise and it is definitely something I avoid but what I've found in the past is when I'm in a really good routine of running um you know maybe doing it more than once a week that's when I kind of stay motivated to keep it going (laughs) um but when it comes to like progressing I suppose and you know exactly what this program is about getting people to be able to maybe run 5k one day um how often should we be running each week so such a good point like the motivation side of things is one thing and then the like just your physical um cardiovascular and musculoskeletal systems are the other so the ideal number of times per week is three Mm -hmm. um and that's what we've done in the program you you could think of it as like a minimum of two and a maximum of four um but three just works really nicely because it gives you the chance to do some cross training as well like your Pilates yoga strength training. Um, So ideally you're going to have one day off between your runs. You want to space them out so that your body's got that time to recover and really reduce your risk of overload injuries. Um, So yeah, if you're thinking about a seven day week, three, three runs is, is a perfect way to space that out. Um, But if you wanted to introduce a fourth, you'd want to make it a pretty gentle one. So you might just repeat the easiest run of the week. Love that. I, yeah. And I think, Steph, that's so true with routine. Mm. When you only do something once a week, as much as it's kind of like less, mm. I suppose, so maybe you would think you'd be more motivated to just do one session a week, but it's the opposite. Yeah, I'm the same with yoga as well. I love yoga. And when I'm practicing it regularly, I feel amazing. But when I'm only trying to introduce it once a week, it's really easy to skip that one session. And I think, mm. you know, to your point, Hannah, if you're aiming for three say as a beginner and you only end up doing two then at least you've done two if you only aim to do one then you're likely to do zero (laughs) yeah true it's so true and the other thing is and you probably find this with your yoga as well but when you are only doing something once a week you are it's it's hard every time. Like yeah, it's you, hard to you, progress. You never like build, so mm. you never get to that really satisfying point of like not feeling like it's so difficult. So yeah. true. Yeah, that's me with yoga. I should take this advice. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> All right, Laws, you do more oh, yoga. Me. I'll do more running. Yeah. <laughs> so now for technique. So this was mm. one of the most popular questions that came in. What do we focus on? So technique is such an interesting one. And I think because we have so much more access to information now, we're quite, we're becoming quite aware of, you know, where, where should we land on our feet and, and how should we run and that sort of thing. I, I think everyone finds their groove and it's really important to kind of run a little bit naturally so that you're not forcing anything, particularly when you start out. Like when you're doing this program from zero to five, Um, your body will kind of find its groove naturally over that time. But there's a few cues that I sort of just circle through in my head that I find help. Um, And that's running tall, running light, um, short, quick steps, and just letting your arms swing. So if you can do those things that aren't too specific, I find if you're like, okay, now I've got to run, I've got to land on my toes or I've got to, you know, pull my shoulders down or I've got to put mm. my chest out. If the, if the cues are too specific, it can, it can really throw your natural movement mm. pattern off and it ends up, you actually end up being worse off. So find your groove and then maybe just think about sort of some of those little softer cues that might help pro- promote that. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. it's 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 quite a good one to touch on because I feel like that was something that I thought was like, obviously technique is important, but I've also noticed that when I watch people running on the street, like everyone has a slightly different look to the way they run. But as you said, as long as it feels comfortable to you and everything. And I think, I think the, one, the biggest thing that I listened to was that light on your feet kind of, you know, smaller yeah. steps. I think I used to think that you had to have such huge strides and like really bounce off each foot to like be a runner. 
yeah, yeah, so true. Um, um, it's almost better to shuffle. Yeah. It's like, you, you know, actually like the, the basically you want to just run efficiently. So, mm. you, and you want to run in a way that you feel like you could run for hours mm. ra- rather than thinking, you know, I'm running for 30 Max seconds. Effort. I'm going to give it my all and mm. look like an Olympian. Um, <laughs> you want to kind of just run in a really, a really comfortable way that you, mm. that you could keep up for quite a long time. Mm. And speaking of keeping up with running for a long time, I think one thing that I've found when I haven't been running for a long time is it's not necessarily my, my muscles or anything that get in the way of me continuing a run because I consider myself quite strong and I, I do love my strength exercises. But when it comes to a run, I find I get out of breath. And that, that's like the biggest mm-hmm. thing, you know, when I haven't run in a while, that's, it's that kind of fitness that I struggle with. So do you have any breathing tips, um, particularly, I suppose, for beginners or people who haven't been running in a while, <laughs> some breathing yeah. tips while running? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, you, you hear this a lot. You, you get either, my legs are so weak, I, I, you know, they, they get so tired or my breathing stops me. Um, so if it's, if it's the puff like the breathlessness that's that's limiting you the most that's a sign that your cardiovascular system needs like a little bit of oomph in it so <laughs> a little bit more training so what i would suggest is you slow it down mm-hmm. so run at a pace that you can maintain a bit of control over your breath so you want to focus a little bit on your breathing in and your breathing out. Make sure make sure you're breathing all the way out as well as all the way in and slow down your breath where you can, but slow down your pace because there's no there's no need to run faster um, when our goal is is 5k's. Mm. So our goal is more distance based. If you get to that 5k's and you think I want to do a PB now, then you know, you can talk about pace and speed later. But you want to run at a, a level that you can control the mm. breathing and then you build on that. So yeah, the main advice I'd say is slow down the pace and just focus on breathing all the way in, all the way out. Um, and if you're running with a friend, the other hard thing is talking while you run, if you're, if you're running out of breath. So it might be that you start off just like running on your own and, and building that capacity first. That's, um, that's such good advice. I, it was funny when a lot of the questions came in with breathing. I think it's especially, and that's why this program's so great, because it's gradual build up. Mm. When you first go out and you try and run as far as you can when you have never run before, it's very likely that you will feel like you can't breathe mm. because, yeah. you're, as yeah. you said, your cardiovascular system is just not ready for it. So with that in mind, with, in the program, obviously in the first few weeks, it's very much running and walking, running and walking. But then as our amazing community progresses through the program, there will be a time where they'll need to run a longer distance yes. in a row with no walking. Don't worry, everyone listening, it's, we build up gradually and, and obviously Hannah has developed the program to make sure it's safe for your body and you will be able to do it. But what do we do? Like what, what do you suggest that people focus on when they're running mentally when the fatigue starts to build up because it's their first long run? Yes. Okay. So with the... With that sort of, because when you're running further, you'll notice your brain starts to tell you to stop. Mm-hmm. And like that can happen at any distance, whether whether you're working up to 5Ks, 10Ks, a full marathon, whatever it is, as you start to fatigue, your brain's going to start to say, just stop. Yeah, that's me, <laughs> you know? 2Ks and at the moment. And you have to fight that, yeah. <laughs> and so that that's the hardest thing. So it's in your mind. So you already know your body can do it because you've you've followed the program. So that's one thing to remind yourself, like you physically can do it. And then the other things I, I remind myself of or recommend my clients do is think about how you're going to feel at the end. So try and attach a feeling to your goal rather than your goal just being the 3Ks or the 5Ks, whatever that run is that you're going through. Try and think about how you're going to feel at the end. So are you going to feel like happy or excited or proud of yourself or amazed or whatever that feeling is going to be when you get to the end, try and associate that with the finish line and that will help to get you motivated enough to keep going. So yeah, attach a feeling to the end point. That's really important. And also just remind yourself that you're going to breathe easy again. So 
remind yourself it's not forever and because sometimes it feels like you're never going to get out of this and it, it's you know never going to end but if you if you just remember it's like one foot in front of the other and every step you take is one step closer and that when you finish you will breathe easy again and it's going to be worth it because you're going to feel this you know amazing um you know pride in yourself or whatever that feeling was going to be and if you just sort of circle through that I find that that really helps to offset the fatigue and the other thing that I'm sure everyone's aware of but get a really good playlist mm-hmm. like music yes. for me is so <laughs> crucial the it, everyone's different some people love a podcast some people love an audio book for me it's like a list of songs and I haven't changed my running playlist I reckon in about six or seven years. It's like (laughs) the same. It's always been the same. And it's just, you know, the right songs that just keep me going. And so, yeah, good music is, is key as well. Yeah, I I mm. definitely would say that as well. And I mean, the next question is, you know, tips to increase our speed. And I will say, I feel like there's certain songs <laughs> that when they yes. come on, I'm like, all right, this is going to be your best, <laughs> like two minutes of running. This is today. it. Yeah, this is it. Um, so would you have any tips for, I suppose, if someone does feel like they're ready to increase their pace? Any tips around that? Yeah, so that's where your interval run comes in. So in the, um, basically in any running plan, you'll generally have like an easy run, an interval run and a long run. And, and that will be configured based on, you know, what your goals are. And so that interval run is your chance to push your legs a little bit more. So and get your body used to running at a speed that is probably a bit past your comfort zone because you'll be running along and you'll find your comfort comfortable pace and that'll be sort of where you sit naturally so if you want to start running faster you you should start to push that in intervals so don't just say okay next time I run five I'm going to run it five minutes faster so so start to work with some intervals where you might push yourself and and go a little bit faster for say 30 seconds or 60 seconds and then you back it down again kind of like our run walk intervals but but it would be like jog run intervals Mm. um the other thing is your cadence so your cadence is um how many steps you're taking per minute and that's the quicker that that can be the more efficiently you'll run quicker so rather than taking bigger longer steps where you risk sort of overstriding and and um loading up your knees too much or your shins um go quicker by taking quicker steps so build up that cadence that that's really crucial um the other thing that is so important that most runners don't want to hear but it's the strength training so if you want if if speed is a goal you've you've got to do some strength work as well you've got to work on your power um you know in a controlled environment so working on like squats squat jumps lunges you know split squats that kind of thing like and and calf strength as well without that you you will find it hard to push past that that sort of comfortable pace yeah that's such good advice mm. and it's funny because i come into the physio clinic where you work at upwell and anytime yep. i'm injured Ash, who I go and see, she always says to me, Laura, have you been doing your kick Pilates and kick yoga and strength yeah. like I told you? And I'm like, yeah. ah, yes, I did um, maybe one yoga for the past two weeks, which yeah. is, she's like, no, you need to do more. So what mm. is the importance of cross training with running? And uh, you've kind of touched on it before that, you know, you do three runs a week. And then if you can add in some Pilates, yoga um, and strength as well. What I found with the strength, what I'll do with kick, I'll either do a masterclass that I've saved that I know is a lower body one. If I'm really trying to focus on building my leg strength and glute strength for me, my glutes are so weak. So I need Mm -hmm. to build them up to to get better with my running. (laughs) And then I've also favorited um, sometimes when the daily planner workouts are a really good lower body one, I'll favorite it so I can go back and do it. Yeah, that is actually such a good idea because I, you know, sometimes you do a, a workout and you're like, that is me. Like, yes. that every <laughs> exercise that was just done is like everything I need. So yeah, saving saving your favourites is is such a good idea. Um, so I see. I love Pilates. That's sort of my thing. That's what I really enjoy. I love Pilates and yoga. I don't like strength training, but I know I need it. So find out 
I guess what what you enjoy because it's so important that you're going to ma- maintain this. It's not about yeah, yeah. Um, pushing yourself to do a certain type of exercise if you if you really don't like it or don't enjoy it. So pop your three runs in per week, and then you've essentially got four other days of the week where you can you can put in another form of exercise. One of them should probably be a rest day or just like a gentle walk um, or maybe yoga is your rest day as well. Um, And then I would generally recommend best case scenario, two strength, one Pilates. Having said that, for me, it's more like three Pilates. (laughs) So um, whatever you like to do, and it's so dependent on also like where you're at as a runner um, Mm. and what your body type is and and what you need, whether you're injured or if you've been injured in the past, like if it's, you know, always your knee that gets sore, well, well, maybe you do need to do a more specific strengthening program. Um, But if you're just getting into running, no injuries. You just want to make sure you're looking after your body as best you can. I would just pick two of, of two cross training versions that you like the most, whether it be your um, strength training or your Pilates, and then probably add one mobility, one mobility option into that, which could be um, could be Pilates or yoga, whichever you prefer. And for beginners. This this wasn't actually a question that came through. This is mm. a question from me. Um, yep. For beginners who are trying to kind of fit in those, you know, Pilates sessions and those runs in a week who might not used to be working out that much, is there, like, is it allowed, are you allowed, not is it allowed, are you allowed to do, like, a Pilates class on the same day that you might do a run as long as it's not, like, you know, maybe one of the more intense runs? Yes, such a good question. So you definitely can start to pair up um, sessions. So yeah. So if you, if you know that there's like three days a week where you, you just can't fit it in. Mm. And and so you're going to have to back, back to back your exercise sessions. That's completely fine. Um, your program will have one long run in it and that's the run that's going to take the most out of you. So I would suggest you just let that be a run day Mm. and just enjoy the warming, the warm up walk, the cool down walk, maybe walk a bit more if you want. Um, on the other days, the easy, the easier runs you can definitely pair up either either a strength or a pilates session with those Mm. um there's actually some sort of evidence and and people who think it's it's good to kind of overload a day uh, almost have a day where you where you go hard and you and you do maybe like a hit session and Mm. a run Mm. so that you really fatigue your legs and then you recover from that and then you're stronger Mm. so yeah there's there's definitely scope to be pairing up um, a run with with a cross training session for sure. Is that before or after the run that they should do that? So if you're if you're going to do a run and a strength, do the run first. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do a run and Pilates, it does depend on the kind of Pilates class. If the Pilates class has lots of glutes, you're going to end up too fatigued if you do the Pilates first. Mm-hmm. So I would I would be a little bit careful about doing any of those options before Before. your run but if you know it's like a gentle and and a more ab based pilates Mm. class then you could do that before your run i think it's really awesome um to know that because i think you know I want to make sure that everyone listening to this or who's thinking about joining the kick program and knows always thinking that, you know, three runs a week is a huge commitment, you know, on top of some other exercises that they love. And for some people, they love having short, like, you know, only half an hour of exercise a day, but they do it almost every day. And then other people are like, no, 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 that's too much for me. I only have three days a week where I can exercise, but I've got like over an hour to spare, you know? So mm. I think it's it's really good to know that, you can miss, mix and match, like depending on what works for you. Another question that came up a lot um, was about running during pregnancy. And I'm not surprised by this because it yes. was a concern of mine as well. Um, for me, it didn't like personally for me, it didn't feel right. I went for a run really early on in my pregnancy and I, you know, my heart rate was so much higher than it used to be. And I just felt out of breath and lightheaded. And um, I was really lucky throughout my pregnancy. I was able to continue doing things like Pilates and strength and a kickbump program and all that Mm. sort of stuff. But running for me just did not feel right. But I know that it is safe. Um, So I suppose, Mm -hmm. do you mind speaking to that? You know, how, how can you run safely pregnant? And, you know, is there any changes that you need to make? Yeah. So, 
Um, it's such a good question. And I feel like the, the um, you know, pregnancy population is, is so... Um, you just you just need that extra level of education like you need to know whether what you're doing is appropriate or Mm. not and I think the answer you often get is listen to your body Um, but if you want like a bit more specifics around that um, things to look out for well first of all if you were a runner before then it's going to be okay for you to keep running. Um, You know, generally with pregnancy, you don't want to introduce a new form of exercise. So if you've not been a runner, it's not not the time to start. Mm. Um, (laughs) You can, you know, have your baby recover and maybe then start running afterwards. Um, But if you you already were a runner and you are quite a comfortable runner, then you are absolutely able to keep running. Um, A lot of people find the first trimester pretty, you're pretty tired, sometimes you're quite sick. So it can be, it's often just not what you feel like doing. But if you do, go for it. Um, Things to look out for are your heart rate, as you mentioned, Steph. Like if your heart rates, um, if your heart is racing more Mm. more than it normally would in a run, Mm. that's that's a sign to slow down or stop. Um, If you're getting pain, so pain around the pelvis, Mm. front or back, um, or anywhere else in your glutes, in your hips, around your rib cage, in your lower back. So many parts of your body are under so much more load when mm. you've got that extra weight um, that you won't be used to, you know, pushing on and off the ground. Um, so look out for, yeah, pain and discomfort. And then the other one is swelling. So if you're getting like like extra swelling show up around your ankles or um, legs, that's another sign that your system is not quite coping with the load you're putting it under. Mm. So, yeah, in short, you, you can run through your pregnancy. Most women um, will stop around the third trimester as yeah. well. Some keep going. It's so individual and it's so, you know, it's so dependent on how rapidly your belly grows mm. Um, mm. and what, what sort of strength you had to start with. But yeah, definitely like the shortness of breath, the heart rate, the pain and the swelling would be would be reasons to stop. I think of Charlotte yeah. in Sex in the City. You know when she's running? She's like the whole time. Yes, exactly. So true. So yeah, I feel it can like be she done. ran in her third trimester. <laughs> she's just never stopped. Yeah. I mean some people keep doing everything, don't they? And yeah. and they are okay, but it's it the, I would say that is the the outliers. Mm. And, and and most people are definitely going to move more towards like walking and yeah, Pilates and that kind of thing. Yes, and obviously that is a movie, so she I would say she wasn't actually pregnant. It's probably a no, basketball. Definitely <laughs> exactly. It's definitely not an actual baby in there. So yeah. now uh, this was a really good question, and I think this is more for people that maybe once they've finished the eight-week program and they've got to their 5K, what and it might actually be really dependent on their personal choices and goals, but once they've mastered a distance, is it better to try and increase their pace within that distance or increase distance? This is so up to the person. So it's, it's, it's a goal, right? And in terms of if, if this question is referring to like what's the safer option or um, what's the better option, it's, it's totally up to you. So you might, and you might change your mind along the way, like you might get to 5K and think, I'd like to run a really fast 5k and then you might do that and then you think no now I want to run a long a long way um the main thing is that your your preparation is is appropriate to whatever that goal is Mm -hmm. so don't try and do both at once pick pick one or the other whichever one you think will satisfy you more um and go with that so your program needs to reflect that. So if you if you want to be running further, your program will be much more targeted at, at increasing that distance and the pace won't be so important. Mm. Um, if you decide that you want to run faster, obviously you'll be perhaps doing more of those like interval runs we, we talked about. Um, and then the next step would be combining the two. So you might find that you maybe you chose going longer and you got to 10Ks. And then you decide you want to go faster. So it, it really depends. I would have thought probably by the end of the 5Ks, most people's goals are going to be more around distance than speed just because, um, 
Generally, I suppose people like to go running for, say, half an hour or more. Um, so if you're going to be running your 5K really quickly, you're not going to be running for very long. But again, up to each person. Okay, well, another question that I feel like comes up a lot, and this is actually something I've even thought of <laughs> and wondered myself, but because it is such a high-impact form of exercise, is running bad on our body long-term? Oh, I love this question. It's such a it's such a good one, and it's such a misconception. So a lot of people think that running is bad for your knees. You know, you hear it a lot. Oh, I'm probably going to have arthritis when I'm older. But there's actually really good evidence, like really big um, uh, studies that show that runners have less incidence of arthritis than non-runners. So that's pretty good evidence, I think, and good motivation to get out there. Um, so there's that. And then there's also some evidence to show that running is really good for your disc health. So the discs that sit in your spine and between your vertebral bodies, they actually benefit from a little bit of shock absorption, um, just like your muscles benefit and your bones benefit from, from that sort of challenge. So they benefit in the same way. So in terms of um, like the load being too much for your body, it's actually more about just managing the load appropriately. So making sure that you are doing all the, the other forms of exercise we talked about um, to ensure that you're not overloading anything in particular. Um, and then also just balancing out the load across the week. So, you know, making sure that you're not going for too many runs or pushing yourself too hard. Um, and that includes outside of your runs. So if you're running and you're working towards this goal, but then you're also, you know, out dancing every Saturday night or working in high heels or your office is, you know, up a few flights of stairs and you've decided this month to try and increase your stairs as well. Like if you try, if you take on too many things at once, um, even if your running program is perfectly balanced, um, you'll start to find that you overload from other areas in your life as well. That's such good advice. And I am so happy to hear that. It was interesting mm. when I did this question box on social media, the question that ca- this was the most popular question. It was <laughs> really? about maybe 25% of the responses that came in were this question. So obviously you're right. It's something that people are thinking about. But I think yeah. maybe it's just because there isn't enough education on how to yeah. do it properly. And so people might have this bad relationship with running because when they've done it, they you know maybe haven't warmed up right or cooled down right or pushed themselves too much. And so they get injured every time. And so you'd automatically just think this, this can't be good for my body. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, you know, the, it's almost like expected that if you start running, you're going to get pain (laughs) or or an injury of some sort. It's like, it's, it's like they go hand in hand, but, um, definitely what I've learned along the way is if you prepare properly, you Mm. you don't have to be an injured runner. Mm. Yeah. I love that. That's, Mm. um, such, such good advice. And even when I go running on the running track, I often see this man and he's, he looks about 65 to 70 and he mm. runs every day. I don't know if you've seen him, Steph. He has two dogs and they're always around his, um, <laughs> he runs with them no. and he runs a lot. Cause I, I literally often, I rarely do not see him when I'm running and I don't, I don't run every day, but it's, um, yeah, I always think of him and I think, you know, obviously he has a good running program and, and he manages mm. his progressive overload because he's never seems to be injured because he's always He's there every day. Exactly. (laughs) So on, I suppose, talking about pain with running, how do we know Mm -hmm. the difference between good and bad pain? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's that's another really good question because it's, it's sort of, as we were saying, it's almost like expected that if you are running, you're going to have some pain. And, And anyone that runs regularly knows, you know, you, you often have niggles and then it's like trying to work out whether that niggle is going to turn into something that, that doesn't go away. Um, so you can, you can just think of a few different things. So if your pain is coming on during the run, but it's sort of like on and off a bit during the run and then it goes away when you stop running and you don't feel it the next day, 
that's probably not something you need to pay too much attention to. Um, and if it's not coming back every run, so if, you know, if you go for one run and you, you have a bit of a funny pain in your knee, but you stop, it's gone. And then the next time you run and it's not there, I wouldn't pay too much attention to that. The pains you want to think more about are if it, if it's there at the start of the run, but it warms up, but then it comes back when you stop. Um, if it comes back the next day and if it comes on every time you run. So basically if there's some consistency to the pain, um, and, and the other thing is if it bothers you. So it's all right for me to say, oh, that little niggle in your knee that doesn't, you know, last long isn't something to worry about. But if it bothers you, then you should just get it checked out. It's, it's peace of mind. And, and, you know, you might have had a gut feeling about it and it might have been something that needed some attention. So um, I don't think you need to worry about those niggles. But if it would put your mind at ease, go and get it checked out. See a physio or podiatrist or someone who can help you identify a bit more certainly whether that is a problematic niggle or just one of those niggles. <laughs> Great tip. And mm. I suppose on the topic of pains and everything like that, what about when it comes to cramping or stitches? Um, how can you prevent that from happening, you know, before a run or, I mean, during a run? And then if it does happen during a run, what should you do? Um so stitches and cramps are more often than not about your like fluid balance and, and electrolytes and preparation. So when you're doing a running program, try not to think about, um, oh, I've got to drink lots of water because I'm about to go for a run. Think about your hydration as being the whole week. So stay hydrated. Don't, don't let it, you know, peak and peak and trough, go up and down, try and try and maintain that hydration all week. So if you've got a good drink bottle or something that you can keep with you, most people do these days, um, keep up the fluid all week. Mm. Um, the other thing is good sleep. So making sure that you've, you've slept well the night before you're running. Um, and again, it's cumulative, it's cumulative. So you want to be sleeping well and looking after yourself whilst you work towards this goal. Um, food wise, try not to eat straight before you run. Give yourself, I like to give myself at least two hours. Um, but that's me. Some people are happy to eat within about an hour of their run. Um, and just be mindful of what you're eating. So it's got to be something pretty simple, banana, toast, peanut butter, that kind of thing. Anything really high in fiber or flavor or sugar or, um, acidity is going to set these things off. Um, stitches are a bit of a funny one. There's a bit of evidence to say it's it's like an irritation of the lining of your abdominal wall. So if you think of it in, in that sense, you're not going to want to have eaten or, or drunk anything too like stimulating of the guts <laughs> before you go. Um, and the thing that I find works so well is breathing. So make sure you're breathing all the way in, but also all the way out. Like let all your air get out of you. That will help shift the carbon dioxide and it will help um, reduce some of that risk of stitches as well. Um, and then the last tip as well is hydrolyte. So something that will balance out your electrolytes and um, your salt and then magnesium. Magnesium's so helpful. So if you can take a magnesium powder, um, that will really help. And also magnesium oil. So if you find it's always your left calf, well, then you can, you can put the oil topically on that area and that will help to prevent that from happening as well. Love that. I also, I think it was my cross country or my PE teacher in mm. primary school said that if you squeeze the stick, squeeze it, yep. it gets rid of it. I swear it helps. Well, mentally. <laughs> yeah. And the other one that I wasn't sure if I would say or not, but I, I swear running backwards gets rid of a stitch. <laughs> Depends where you are. But I've always found if I turn around and run backwards for a bit, I don't know if it's a distraction or what, but it helps. That's so funny. I don't think I you're the only one. I don't think you're the only one that thinks that because literally just the other day I was down at the beach on the track and I saw someone yeah. running backwards and I was like, interesting. There you go. Very interesting. If so we start maybe. seeing people going backwards around the tan, we'll know we'll know who's Just listening. Just be careful. As long as I will not yeah. take that advice because I will fall over and then I will cause myself an injury, which we don't want. Yeah, you fall over running true. forward. <laughs> Very exactly. true. Exactly. So 
On, I mean, still talking about pain that happens with running and now I suppose more the bad pain because stitches and cramps, mm. you know, they come and they go. Shin splints, mm. that was one of the other things that came through so much. Um, mm-hmm. I've had them before as well. I found they that for me, I, you just have to rest. Yeah. For me, that was the only way to get rid of them. How do we prevent them? And then also questions came in about knee pain specifically as well. Yeah. What can we do to prevent knee pain and shin splints and what should we look out for? Um, so both are so common in runners. I think, mm. I think generally like the majority, I would say 90% of people I see for a running concern, it's either shin splints or, or knee pain. Um, I might start with the knee pain. So for, or it's, you know, termed runner's knee, um, but it's generally pain at the front of the knee and it's usually arising from an overload between your kneecap and your thigh bone where it sort of slides over the top of the bone. So because the knee is situated directly between the ankle and the hip, usually it's going to be an inefficiency or or a weakness of of those two areas. So Mm. you want to really focus on strengthening your glutes and then your calf muscle. But the other really crucial thing is the the shoes you choose to run in Um, and you may need orthotics. So depending on, on how your foot posture sits and and what happens to your foot while you run you might need an extra support you can get off the shelf orthotics or you can get custom ones made by a podiatrist Um, but I I would always just start with a a good new pair of shoes that you've sort of been assessed for Um, prevention it's it's very much about managing your load so Mm. following a program um as, as we've created, but doing the exercises as well. So I think most people who, who do have um, anterior knee pain or runner's knee um, will realise that they were probably missing a, a strengthening component. Um, and, and then once we get that going, that, that helps a lot. And, and then doing a few exercises before you run as well, just to get those muscles engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, shin splints is uh, an inflammation or an overload of the muscles that attach to the shin bone down the front of your leg. So that will get overloaded if you're, again, wearing the wrong shoes um, or if your calf muscle is weak and therefore you're sort of overloading one muscle rather than using all of them together. So they're really similar in the sense that they generally occur because of the same reasons. They're different because they're felt in different areas of the body, but but a lot of the management and prevention strategies for um, your runner's knee will also work for your shin splints and vice versa. So generally, glute strength, calf strength, good shoes, and maybe an orthotic, and then following a program and not getting too excited and going too far, basically. Mm. Yeah. Sounds like someone we know very well, Laura. This is Josh's... Josh is one of these people who won't run for six months and then he'll go and run 7K. And oh, my yeah. God. And he does it, like, five days in a row. Yeah. And then he's, like, messages us, like, guys, I've got shin splints. Yeah. They're like, yeah. we told yeah. you. <laughs> and he doesn't do any, like, leg strength training yeah. or anything. He's, yeah. He's the funny That's one. so true. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of people like that. Um, I suppose you, you touched on it just then, uh, how important, you know, a running shoe can be to prevent things mm. like that. Um do you think that's where someone should start really like checking out I suppose if they're going to start running and they're going to start taking it seriously how important is it that they have the right running shoe it is so important it's 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 like you can't you can't not do it basically um there are that many different running shoes out there um there's like we're spoiled for choice there's all different price ranges there's Mm. all different colors and looks and availability um you know, just about every brand now makes a running shoe in terms of like runners brands. Mm. Um, so there's really no reason not to do it. Try not to let your runners get too old. So if you're, if you're in the camp of people who are, um, restarting their running journey, like maybe you've had a little bit of time off for whatever reason, I would suggest you probably need to go and buy a new pair. Mm -hmm. Um, 
most people don't realize how old their shoes are. I'm the same. I always think my shoes are about, you know, six months old. And then I realize they're actually probably 18 months old. Um, so be quite honest with yourself. Try and check when you actually purchased your runners. And if they are getting, you know, closer to that, like nine months old, it's probably time for a new pair. I like to go, I like to go at six months and get fresh ones. And then I've got the two pairs because if you, if you let your runners get completely cooked and then you buy a new pair and then you're going straight into doing all your running in that fresh pair of shoes, that's not ideal either. You want, you want to have a little bit of time of overlap so that you can, you know, wean into your new shoes. Whatever your preference is, go and get, get them fitted properly. And if you do have concerns, like if you have orthotics or you know your feet can be a bit of a problem for you, see a podiatrist because they'll they'll get you up on the treadmill, they'll have a look at you running, they'll have a look at you walking and they'll recommend something that's really for you. It's it's worth its weight in gold. 100%. That's such good advice. Yeah. I know personally about, I would say 80% of my running injuries have been caused by me running in, in the, I've got quite an arch, so I, I need the, my shoe to be really supportive. And when I yeah. run in unsupportive shoes, it's then I get shin splints, I get knee pain, I hurt my back and yeah. it's all linked to runners. And, and for anyone listening, it might seem like, you know, a really runners can be quite expensive, mm. but think about it. The way I like to think about it is how many times are you going to wear these shoes? Mm-hmm. You know, you might wear them if you're running three or four times a week or just say going three times a week in the program, then you might be doing other exercises mm. as well. Mm. The cost per wear is good. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> think about it like that. We spend yeah. money on dresses and like nice fancy shoes that we wear, you know, maybe once yeah. or twice every six yeah. months. Our runners, we nearly wear them every day. So, so it's an investment in, in your health. And yeah, it's really important because I think as well, then if you don't have good running shoes and you don't get fitted properly, you then might be injured and injuries, fixing injuries co- cost a lot more than, you know, buying a really good pair of runners in the first place. It's also, oh, absolutely. It's also super unmotivating. You know, if you're, if you're trying to continue to run in a pair of shoes that aren't right for you and it doesn't feel yes. right, you're likely to just give up your running journey altogether. Yeah. Get good shoes, get, get a good outfit, like tick, <laughs> tick all the boxes that just make you actually want to get out there and find yeah. a, find a, a location that inspires you, find a playlist that you love, maybe find a, a buddy that you can run with. Like give it give it all the like nurturing you can and make it fun it's so it's because it it is fun and you don't want to start dreading it like you want to enjoy what you're doing and um you know look forward to those runs love that and what a way Mm. to finish Mm. and I think you know with everything that you just said you have created a program for our community that will be fun for them and uh, we're just oh my goodness we're so excited to be able to follow everyone's running journey so Hannah thank you so much for coming on and sharing your even for me I've been running for over 10 years and actually no longer maybe 20 (laughs) years I don't know (laughs) a long time basically and I learned so much um talking to you so thank you so so much for your time today and for creating the most incredible running program for our community my pleasure i'm excited i hope everyone enjoys it well we hope you guys enjoyed today's bonus episode we will be back on the kick pod next wednesday if as laura mentioned at the start of this episode you are interested in starting a seven-day free trial with keeper cleaner head to www.keepercleaner.com or you can find us in the app or google play store if you would like to see more of us we are also on social media at keeper cleaner at F. Smith at Laura Dot Did you nearly forget your handle there? Love it. <laughs> I stumbled on it. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye.